The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am beat on, joined by the Fantasy Master Lothario, the mustachioed man of mystery, the spectacled savant of baseball. How's it going, Gray? <laughs> oh, good, man. Good, good. It's uh it's a uh, a crazy time doing the uh the trade deadline. We're uh, I saw a few people, I saw other uh fantasy baseball podcast where uh we're talking about uh you know not recording until uh tomorrow uh so they could get all the uh the trade deadline stuff but uh we don't we don't do we don't play like that <laughs> we, don't, we don't we don't change our schedule for no one <laughs> even even if it makes absolute sense to change the schedule hey people we're, get angry if it's not on time gray you know we we gotta stay on on the schedule Oh, oh! Actually, uh, as we uh, as we record this, so we're recording this on Monday. So a trade just literally happened. I'm seeing uh, Razball trades donkey teeth to Yahoo for Andy Barnes's empty chair. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! We get back an empty chair that Andy Barnes once sat in. Wow! Hey, I mean, the chair works 365 days a year. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Don. Immediate reactions, please. Let's hear them. (laughs) What do you think? The chair works 365 days a year. That's what I have to say. 
It doesn't go on. It doesn't go on wilderness retreats. Personally, I would like to sit down occasionally. You know, I. I feel like this is a good trade. I mean, we're not going to really know for a couple months to see how comfortable this chair is. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we know. We know what we were getting from Donkey Teeth, right? I mean, <laughs> can the man, can the chair make dick jokes? That the, this is the the biggest key of the whole thing. We will find out. I'll be interested in seeing, like, because a lot of times, you know, uh, people have to wrap up in their uh, previous location. It's like, you know, you got to uh, you got to sell the house. You got to you got to put stuff up for auction. It'll it'll see how long it takes for the chair to come to us. <laughs> so I'll be I'm hoping we have the chair by this weekend. <laughs> I would like to sit down. So we'll see. I don't know. All right, so wow, as, news. as the breaking news happens, Gray, and, and, and things are just crazy, crazy in the world of, of baseball and fantasy baseball, apparently. People getting moved. Who knows if I even finish this podcast. I mean, Gray may just, like, call for the reliever at the end of the game. I need send out the other righty. We, we got to finish this out stronger. It's, it's slipping. <laughs> Wow, I'm I'm hearing now I'm getting actually uh we're we're sending B Don to get a I'm getting a new mic sent. And B Don's getting sent to Best Buy. <laughs> good luck, man. Good luck with your uh good luck with your new job. <laughs> Oh man, it's just gonna be me and different <laughs> household items <laughs> <laughs> with the old mic, the old mic on that. It's just gray and an empty chair and a, and a new mic. We just need oh, anime man. gray to talk to real that. gray. That's what we really need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, so yeah, it's good. To, good to be here the the day before the trading deadline. <laughs> Most people would wait for the trading deadline, but not Roswell. No, not us. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe if if you really feel like it, Gray, we could always jump on and talk about the like one and a half trades that happen from now till then. You know, it's gonna. You know, it's actually gonna happen. It's gonna be us talking next week, and we're gonna be like, "So Josh Hader was traded right after we recorded last week." <laughs> And everyone's already said their immediate responses for that trade, but now we're going to talk about it six days later. The Padres actually traded their entire lineup somehow, one through nine, every starter that they own. If I were the Padres, I would trade everyone except for, like, Tatis and... uh, you probably can't move. I don't know. I would, if I were them, honestly, like jokes aside, I would move uh, Musgrove, Snell, Soto, and Hader. I would move everyone. I, <laughs> honestly, I would blow up that team. But you know, um, I am not AJ Preller. Anyway, so let's talk about actual trades. Uh, B Don, do you want yeah, to uh, give it to us? We can go ahead and jump into them, I suppose. So let's start at the top with the the Rangers. They're getting Max Scherzer. The Mets are getting Luis Angel Acuna, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s little brother, who's having a pretty solid season down in the minors. Uh, he's, you know, this is the headliner. This is probably the biggest trade that's happened so far and the biggest prospect that's moved. It used to be, you know, a trade would happen and, you know, three top prospects would get moved for, you know, an upper average bat 
and nowadays it's like unless it's an elite player, top prospects are are very rarely involved in these anymore. Mm, yeah, when, no, totally. I uh, with yeah. uh, this one. Uh, yeah, no, I was just looking up uh, Acuna. It's actually so we're finding out uh, there was the uh, the limited pickoff moves, the pitch clock, and there was a, another uh, the the end of the shift, and then a fourth rule that no one knew about that every NL East team had to have an Acuna. <laughs> <It was interesting>. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, someone um. Someone I forget where I think it was either I think it was in the comments of Rasball. I'm I'm sorry if I'm blanking on where I read it, but uh, someone said uh, hopefully this Acuna isn't uh, the Dom DiMaggio of Acuna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually I had probably I had a good like a good hearty laugh at the fact that like um, the Scherzer trade was being held up for uh, Scherzer's approval. <laughs> Yeah, no, man, no. Max Scherzer is not going to approve a trade away from the Mets. No, away. <laughs> <No way. laughs> Can you even imagine, man? Can you imagine? It's like, uh, yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll accept a trade away from the Mets. I think I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't know. Do you have, do I have to think about it? <laughs> we have to. We are obligated due to your uh, due to your contract to uh, check in with you, uh, Scherzer, and uh, we have to ask you: Are you willing to be yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes? Were you going to ask me if I can be traded? Because that that's a yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, Max Scherzer, I think. You know, I, I think we're actually starting to see the the decline of Max Scherzer. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, his velocity has been down. His strikeouts are down, uh, and, and not not like in a major way. Like I don't want to like make this to, make this out to be like he's barely usable now. He is probably, I would say, for the last thirteen years plus, he's been a number one. He's been an ace. Uh, you know, I'm not you know necessarily breaking news there, but now, now I would say he's probably a number two. Like, he looks much closer to what we expect from, like, uh, you Darvish, for instance, where, you know, you're not getting you're not getting that ace, the ace numbers from uh, Scherzer anymore. I, I think it's probably fair to say it, they're never coming back either. I don't think those numbers are ever going to revert. Like, right now, his ex-FIP is the worst it's ever been in his career by way worse than last year even. I think it's... You know, a lot to do with uh, his command. His command has been really pretty bad, and that's led to more homers. So more homers allowed and uh, a little bit lesser on the velocity range, a little bit less on the, the command is down. So that means the strikeouts are also been down. Like, And he's also he's 39 years old. So it's not like a shocking development to say like a guy has lost just a little bit of edge. Uh, I still think he's great. Like I still would say, like I said, I still think he's a number two. So you're looking at, like I said, Darvish is um, a potential number two, uh, a guy like a Musgrove, uh, Logan Webb, like guys that, you know, number twos that you're obvious, like number twos are, should be obvious to people who are listening. So I think Scherzer's in that range now, like the um, 22, 
25 to 30 uh, uh, starter uh, off the board range. So you're looking at like a top 25 starter versus what he's been for, you know, for the longest time, he's been like a top 10 starter. So he's lost like a little bit, but not a ton. I think, you know, I think with uh, in Texas, unfortunately, Texas plays really uh, Homer happy. It's a uh, it's a very it's a heavy Homer sta- stadium. Uh, it's you know it, it, it hitters ex- hitters excuse me pitchers uh, who are prone to allowing homers can really run into trouble in uh, Texas. So I do think Scherzer could run into trouble there. Like I, I think it's possible. Like I. I wouldn't rule out like Scherzer being a four plus ERA guy, even though, you know, he's going to a more competitive team, a team that should allow him to get, you know, more run support should allow him to get more uh, wins. Potentially it should, you know, the uh, playoff environment in theory should help a guy like Scherzer just to, uh, you know, get his competitive juices flowing. So I do, I think it's probably in the end, it's probably going to be a push. Like I would say Max Scherzer is likely anywhere from a, a three, six ERA guy to a 4.2 ERA, which, you know, depending on luck that could easily, like he could, he could roll through two months and be just fantastic. Like that's possible. I would say, you know, like you said, this is probably the biggest trade as of right now. I would say if uh, you're in an AL only league, spend all your money on Max Scherzer. Like I would expect him, you know, like we said earlier, you know, we're we're doing this before the end of the deadline, so I don't know who's coming over, but as of right now, Max Scherzer is the biggest name to move to the AL and he's also the biggest name to move. I would say he's probably anywhere from a top 25 starter to top 15 starter, depending on, you know, luck in, uh, with his ERA, but the K's are solid. The command's a little wonky. The wind should be there. So, yeah, I mean, I like the move for uh, Scherzer. It's a, it's fine. It's, he's probably a, it's probably a neutral move. And in, in the end of the, uh, when all things are said and done, it's probably a neutral move because he's going to get more wins and, you know, even though uh, Arlington could hurt him a little bit uh, on as far as homers go, he should be fine. Yeah, I think so. And it's pretty much it's Max Scherzer. So you you, you know what you're getting to the, to some extent. As you mentioned, the K's are down this year. The walks are up a little bit, and that's again he's thirty thirty eight years old, thirty nine years old. It's not not unexpected that he might. Drop a little bit, but yes, he's still perfectly fine. You're you're still starting him. I don't know if there's a lot to do in regards to the ballpark, as you mentioned. Plays a little bit home run heavier, um, but he gets away from the Mets and the Mets training staff, and you know that could be a positive thing just just in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the uh, the Angels, they acquired Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez. From the White Sox, they are both unrestricted free agents after this year. Uh, Giolito has 126 innings. He has a 3.85 ERA, a 1.23 WHIP. He's been six and seven, a just under 26% K rate, 8% walk rate. The White Sox are getting Edgar Cuero and Kai Bush. 
we're not really going to touch on on the other pieces. They don't really affect our game for this year. We're you know as as you know as a listener, we're really redraft focused primarily. What are you doing with Giolito and and Reynaldo? I There's nothing re- really to do with Reynaldo other than, I mean, I don't think his ch- place really changes in a hierarchy. He's like second or third in line for saves on his team. He's definitely not in the lead for it, regardless. So, I, I think it's kind of equal there. W- what about Giolito? Uh, yeah, no, I think that's fair. And, and Reynaldo Lopez uh, is probably the setup man to Estevez now, uh, I would guess. So, you know, if anything happens to Estevez, then uh, Reynaldo is an immediate ad, probably in all leagues. Uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, Giolito actually, unlike um, Scherzer, because Giolito had a couple, he had a little bit of a, a rocky. 2022 and you know he's been kind of on the downswing since his uh great 2021 so i i think giolito actually is better than maybe people ex- uh people think as of right now i think his uh you know his k's are fairly solid they're they haven't really bounced back to the 2021 10.1 k per nine but they've They've held steady around nine and a half K per nine, and his uh, command has gotten a little bit better from last year, where it was really wonky. And, you know, I think just the, uh, you know, Anaheim isn't necessarily the the best place. It, oh, also Giolito's uh, velocity has bounced back a little bit from last year. So, yeah, I think, you know, uh, Anaheim isn't necessarily the, the greatest place uh, for a pitcher. It, it's not as good as it used to be. It used to be a very uh, pitcher-heavy uh, pitcher, uh, uh, heavy team, uh, excuse me, stadium. It was uh, much more of a pitcher's park, like, I want to say, 10 years ago. It, for whatever reason, I forget. I think it was the fences and also the humidor might be have something to do with it, uh, the league-wide uh, use of the humidors. Anyway, Giolito, I think goes to a uh, you know a, a little bit of a, a worse park just a little bit worse but not dramatically enough to maybe like hurt him he does have a homers allowed issue but I think as we saw even like in his first start with the uh, angels he's a solid like not necessarily gonna be you know he's not an ace I would put him probably you know I'd put him below Scherzer even though I think perception of him is uh, likely, you know, uh, much lower. I don't think he's much lower than Scherzer in reality, but he is a little bit lower. I think he's probably in the um, 35 to 40, top 40 uh, starter range. So, you know, like a top 40 starter. So that's like bottom of a two, top of a three in most shallower leagues. So I think uh, Giolito's solid. Not necessarily like, you know, an ace, but he's good. I think he's probably much better for uh, real-world purposes for the Angels because they really needed someone behind Otani uh, in the rotation. So I think for real baseball, he's a a really solid get for the Angels, actually. Uh, For fantasy, it's probably a neutral move, more or less. I don't see it really changing his uh, fantasy value all that much, other than, you know, in theory, 
the Angels should be a little bit better for wins for him. But, you know, the Angels are a little wonky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's that's, you know, pretty fair to say. And then I guess in regards to the Angels as well, this also means somebody may be leaving the rotation or they may go to a six-man. They've done that with Otani in the past just to keep him fresh. I don't know if they'll do that if they're really trying to make a run here and also knowing the pending free agency, like there's maybe slight less concern about his arm if he's going to leave. I, I don't know if he is or not. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out in the offseason. But who would you expect to lose their spot in the rotation if, if we're looking at that? Uh, for what? For right now? Yeah, I mean, Tyler Anderson, Griffin Canning, Sandoval. Right. I mean, I would, you know, it's like for fantasy, I'd want Tyler Anderson out. But in reality, I think it's probably Canning and Detmers. I could see them getting skipped, you know, because like they're just younger and their innings on their arms are just less so. Tyler Anderson, probably, he's an innings eater, so he's probably not going anywhere. Otani, if he's healthy, if his uh, blister's fine on his hand, then he's obviously in the rotation. And I don't think Sandoval's going anywhere. So it's probably between Detmers and Canning uh, if they were. But, you know, I think because of Otani and just, like, they, uh, they don't want to, you know, push him, I think they probably stayed with the six-man rotation more or less, right? I think they definitely could, or maybe they just plan on some kind of, you know, Detmers and somebody else, you know, Detmers and Canning kind of one, two, they each go three and a half innings, four innings max, and maybe three innings each and and just kind of give you a starter's workload. Neither have really proven they're good enough to stay in through a, a third or fourth, you know, run through of a rotation. But maybe they can just kind of split some time in that role, or maybe, it, like you said, it maybe it's just a six man. Um, I guess the only thing with that is at that point, I feel like you want to get Giolito and Otani the starts as much as you can. Although I will say, Giolito's been, there's like a few starts where he just absolutely killed you. And then other than that, he's been, you know, fine. And that's been a lot of starters this year. So without even looking at his game log, Giolito strikes me as a guy, like, I don't know this for a fact. <laughs> I, I, could, I could technically just look it up just right now. Just throwing this out of the ether. But rather than looking it up, I, he doesn't, I don't feel like he's ever really put together a string of, like, excellent starts. Like, he's had some blow-ups, and then he's had some, like, okay, like, you know, quality, quality starts, but, like, quality as in, like, seven innings, three earned runs, like, he, right? I don't think. Yeah, every time really... he gets going, he gives you like a six and four, which is fine, but it's right. not. It's not yeah. good. You're like, oh, I, you you given up like right. two, one, right. and one in the last three. I was like, I was like, he's turning, he's making the right adjustments, and then you give up like six and four to Detroit. Like that. That's not a good look. He the the one that I'm talking about that really like if you look at his second half you're gonna see be like oh my god his second half ERA what happened he went three and two thirds at the Mets of all places and gave up eight earned like you were starting him in that there's no reason not to start him in that 
coming off the all-star break, you're like, okay, he's going to be fresh. He's going to maybe get a tick of that, like a half a tick of velocity back. Coming off the all-star break, didn't happen. It was a terrible velocity game, I believe, for him. And he gives up eight earned. Goes six shutout at Minnesota, the next one. Like, it's just, it's just kind of, a, it's, he's, you're right. It's just that you're never really comfortable with him, but you're probably starting him territory. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Uh, Also talking about the Angels, they landed a couple of bats as well, getting Randall Gritchick and CJ Crone. From Colorado, who get Jake Matter and Mason Albright? Is that a is that a third cousin of yours, Gray? Uh, Madden. I think it, his his name is Madden Albright. Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it was like because I I think I made a joke about that. Uh, Madden Albright. No, it's like Jake it was, Madden and Mason Albright. Jake I Madden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madden and all Madden and Albright. Madden Albright. Yeah, Madeline, <laughs> Madeline Albright. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there it is. Yeah, I was wondering where Rock, we were going with this. The Rockies traded for Madeline Albright. <laughs> Rest in peace, my sweet, sweet aunt. Uh, go ahead. We're, we're, uh, Phil, uh, go ahead and uh, say the rest of the thing. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, I was just going to talk that, you know, in Colorado, what does this mean? I mean, obviously, Chris Bryant went to the IL. That's uh, that's really shocking that Chris Bryant's heading to the IL. But CJ Crone comes in. He, you're... You or, or sorry, sorry. CJ Crone is leaving. All right, I'm just going to restart that whole thing because that was all backwards. Um, the Angels are are getting CJ Crone. You figure he's going to slot in at first base for them every day, and then Grichik. I don't know if he's going to play every day or not. I think that kind of depends on what they're doing with the rest of their their outfield. Moniac's been pretty good in center field. Uh, they have. You know, like two or three guys who can play left field, but I assume Grichik's going to play center or left pretty much every day. Uh, yeah, I mean they don't really, you know, they have like a, they have a guy called Trey Cabbage, which I is like a nickname for a guy who stocks the shelves at Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, can you get Trey Cabbage down here? We got all we got lettuce rotting. <laughs> <laughs> lettuce is rotting all over this tray. Come on, get Trey Cabbage over here. Um, I don't think the Angels have anyone else. As it's more on their IL. As, the, as of the recording of this, at least, Green Check looks like a uh, 
a starter for them. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> by the, by the way, I can hear, uh, in the, the voice in the back of my head is Joe Adele saying, Hey man, I'm still here. <laughs> Does anyone care? Uh, unfortunately he's on the IL. The one time they would have actually played him on the IL with Brandon Jury and everybody else that they've lost. Yeah, no, I know he's injured. Um, yeah, green chick, <laughs> one time. So yeah, so green chick looks to me like a starter uh, for the Angels, um, which is kind of funny because he wasn't really a starter for the Rockies. So he went from a team out of playoff contention to a team that's quote unquote in playoff contention, even though I think they're like eleven games out. <laughs> Quote unquote. Angels, the Angels are honestly a hilarious team. They're like, you know what? If we say it, it's true. <laughs> like, no, guys, you're not actually in, play- in playoff contention. You're you're so far out of it. It's like, yeah, but you know what? If we say we're buyers, then we're in the playoffs. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. Um, anyway, so Grichik, yeah, Grichik looks like. He is a uh, uh, what you call it? He is a starter, and Crone uh, because of the Taylor Ward injury. Uh, it looks like Crone um, uh, is also a starter uh, for the Angels. Now, I'll, I'll say this: like most people are like, well, leaving you know Coors is going to hurt anyone, which is true to a certain extent, but it's not fair to look at a guy's splits. And say like, okay, he was this good in Colorado, and he was this bad on the road. So this bad on the road is how bad he's going to be in Anaheim. That's not accurate. <laughs> that's not how. That's not how it works. <laughs> it's like because a guy is in Colorado, he gets he gets bad. He's bad on the road because of the fact that he's in Colorado for like uh, half of the uh, half of the season. So. It's not really accurate to look at his his road uh, splits and be like, that's what he's going to do now away from Colorado. Like, Crone and Grichik, to a certain extent, are very similar. They're, you know, power-only guys. Uh, recently, they've hit for a little bit of better average, but not really. And I think, you know, if anything, you can look at Colorado and say uh, the, the, Babbitt bu- uh, the Babbitt bump in Colorado is going to help a guy's average. So, you know, I think Grichek and Crone are really very similar in that, like, you know, they're like 25 homer guys in or out of cores. Uh, they're more or less 250 to 260 hitters. Uh, you know, that's with neutral luck. So they could potentially hit 280 or hit 220. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't really think – Outside of, um, you know, Crone, I would say is like in that 15 to 20 top first baseman range. So, you know, CJ Crone or Jose Abreu, mm, it's kind of a toss up for me. I, I probably would go Abreu because I like uh, the Astros lineup a little bit more. But it's really I mean, it's it's pretty close. It's probably a toss up. And then Grichik is like a top 50 to 60 outfielder. So he's barely in like a 12 team mixed league. He's a fifth outfielder, depending on like if he gets hot, like he, he does tend to get hot and he goes off and he has like a good week or two. But in a 12 team mixed league, he's like a fifth outfielder slash utility guy that could easily, you know, 
be dropped in some leagues, depending on it, like if he's cold. Right now, he's actually he was hitting well before he before the trade. So yeah, I mean they're fine. I don't really think they're you know I think the uh, the common perception will be that they've gotten much worse leaving Colorado, but I think in reality they're okay. They're not great, but they're not going to be terrible either. So you know, kind of mediocre. Yeah, and to yeah. your point, every, you know, most players hit better at home. You're more comfortable. You're in your your home park. You're sleeping in your bed. Like every, every most players are better at home. And then there's the also the part of when you play in Colorado, or at least you know what what players have said is. Like, it's not just the fact that you play in Colorado and it's easier there. It's also the spin is different in Colorado. So then when you go on the road, you also have to adjust the scene, real spin back on the ball. So I think there's kind of a mitigating factor here where it's it's somewhere in the middle of, you know, it's not a home home split, not a way split. It's somewhere in the middle. Colorado is a great park to hit in. Regardless, so that that hurts a little bit, certainly on the average side. The power is not as prevalent as it used to be um, with kind of the equal humidor effect going in across the league, but still pretty friendly on the home run side. And you're right. Grichik has been been hot. I mean, over the last you know month or so, he's hitting 375. He's got six home runs and a stolen base. So as long as he's getting playing time, I think. You know, you can stick him in your lineup and be pretty happy that he's he's there for now. It seems like he's going to slot somewhere between, I would guess, four and six in the lineup most days. And so, you got a guy in the middle of that lineup. You know, Mike Trout is is back running again. Um, Brandon Drury's in his rehab assignment. Joe Adele. Uh, I'm not sure what his timetable is. So there's a few guys that are coming back at some point, and he could get platooned or or moved to the bench, but. For now, while he's healthy, I agree. You can you can go ahead and grab him and start him. Moving over to Toronto. Uh, well, Jordan Romano goes to IL, which prompts the Blue Jays to go ahead and trade for Jordan Hicks from St. Louis, who is getting Adam Klofenstein and Sim Robers. Jordan Hicks steps in. I mean, you think he's probably the front runner for the closer's job until Romano comes back, and then he moves back into a setup role. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they, uh, you know, they did like, uh, you know, like in, uh, Indiana Jones, when he moves the statue and he puts a sandbag <laughs> down, they, the Blue Jays did that with Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> just swap them out. Nobody will notice. They just swapped out. Yeah. They're just like, well, we need another Jordan and Jordan Montgomery's a starter. So, hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think Jordan Hicks actually probably takes a little bit of a, uh, a hit on his uh, value because I mean, he's fine for now, but I, Jordan Romano, it sounds like his injury didn't sound like it was that bad. So when he returns, R- Romano is going to get the closer job again. Uh, and then Hicks is going to move down to a setup role. So, you know, I think Jordan Hicks for right now, his value and his role hasn't really changed. It's just become on. He's just gone to a new team, so he's definitely the closer for the Jays. I think for right now, but once Romano returns, yeah, Hicks going to lose the job, and then that's going to be you know the end of his value really. And uh, you know the the one thing, the one saving grace is back injuries uh, tend to be a little bit hard to predict. So I mean, there is a chance like Romano 
goes on a rehab and has a setback and Hicks could have the job for like, you know, maybe a month, maybe six weeks, maybe the rest of the season, depending on how Romano's back, uh, you know, treats him. So, you know, I mean, it's not all hope is lost for Jordan Hicks uh, owners, but it's probably a little bit of a hit depending on how Romano's health goes. Yeah. Enjoy it while he, while he has the job. Again, don't know how long that is, but just enjoy it for that time, and then you're gonna, just know you're going to have to probably find yourself another closer, as happens at the trade deadline every year. Unfortunately, backs are tricky, so maybe he still has some value in that they don't go back-to-back days with Romano, at least upon return. So, like you said, there's there's potential for value, even if Romano comes back as, as that happens. Uh, we probably should have talked about this when we were talking about Scherzer, but the Rangers also traded with St. Louis and got Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton. We'll go ahead and talk about all the Jordans here and just get that out. I mean, Jordan Montgomery has been doing his Jordan Montgomery thing. He has a 3-4-2 ERA, 1-2-5 whip, uh, 21% K rate, just under 7% walk rate. This is this is pretty much what uh, Jordan Montgomery looks like unless it's, a, unless it's a dead ball like it was last year. So... I mean, that's what I feel like the Rangers are getting, and it's it's almost a neutral kind of move other than, than maybe the home runs, which I, I think you mentioned when we were on Scherzer. Right. Yeah, but I think with uh, Jordan Montgomery, unlike Scherzer, hasn't really ever had a homer allowed problem. Um, Montgomery's been pretty good about keeping the ball in the park, so... Yeah, I mean, I think jo- Jordan Montgomery's probably a little bit underrated, honestly for fantasy like i i see in the comments like jordan montgomery will show up with like some real schmohawks and people will be like could you rank these guys and it's like jordan montgomery's <laughs> better <laughs> he's better than johan o- oviedo on the pirates or something it's like what, what are you guys doing man like jordan montgomery's not bad <laughs> he's just a little bit yonstipating because like he doesn't get like a ton of strikeouts So he's like closer to, you know, a a three or a four fantasy starter, but in a way that's pretty like safe. You know, I, I think Jordan Montgomery is like a guy where if you're struggling for ratios, the problem is like right now uh, and from now until the end of the year, it's kind of hard to really move ratios in roto leagues, you know, in head to head, obviously it restarts every week, but in a, in a roto league, your ratios are in, if they're in a bad place, I don't know what you're doing, but Jordan Montgomery is a good ratio guy. Like he, he's been, you know, over the course of his career, even almost 700 innings, he has a three, seven, seven ERA. You know, I mean, it's not like a low three ERA, but he's been fairly, you know, he's been in the three, five range more or less for the last two years. He seems fine. Like he's not, I don't think he's very, you know, I don't, I don't think he's like incredibly like, you know, sexy, obviously, like he's not going to like blow you away. Like he's not going to have, you know, the best you can hope for really is like a Jordan Montgomery, like complete game shutout with like four K's or something. Like it's just the kind of of pitcher he is like, he's not going to go out and like strike out 13 guys in seven innings. Like he's not that guy, but he can be, very valuable in, uh, you know, certain circumstances. And in most leagues, 
outside of like maybe a shallow 10 team league. But even there, I feel like he's probably a fifth starter in a 10 team league. And in a 12 team league, he's probably, like I said, like a three to four starter. And in a 15 team mixed league, I put him in my like I have him on certain teams and I just put him in the lineup and I don't even think about it. Like I just, you know, he's like a set it and forget it guy. It's like, yeah, I mean, the matchup may not be great this week, but, you know, hopefully he hopefully he throws like six innings and only gives up like three runs or something. So, yeah, I don't I don't mind Jordan Montgomery for, uh, you know, uh, for ratios. And also I think this move is totally fine for him. He'll at least potentially get more wins. You know, in theory. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you look at it, you know, like Jordan Montgomery in a not great matchup, or like, do I dare throw Lance Lynn freaking again, or or something, or, or, or even like, you know, people will be like Jordan Montgomery or like uh, Taj Bradley, and I think it, like in a keeper league, Taj Bradley is super interesting. Like, don't get me wrong, but he's a mess this year, and he's super risky. Where Jordan Montgomery doesn't have that risk at all. Yeah, and I think. To your point about his undervalue, I know he had like he had those years in New York where he wasn't a starter, he wasn't a reliever, or like when he was a starter, they'd only give him a handful of starts a season. But since he's been a starter, he's been pretty much the same guy across the board, you know, again, minus a little bit of of whip last year with it with kind of the dead ball. That was that was pretty nice to have from him. But outside of that, he is who he is and like, if you said Marcus Stroman and Jordan Montgomery, I feel like everybody would be like, oh, Marcus Stroman, 100%. But then you go look at the numbers, and it's like, well, all Marcus Stroman has done this year is get, you know, four more wins and two less losses. And across the board, other than that, I think Jordan Montgomery has better numbers than him. So, like, it, it, it's just a perception thing on Jordan Montgomery to some extent. Moving over to the Dodgers, who have been busy as well. They've done. They've had a few moves here. The Dodgers. The Dodgers have been like the uh, the guy or no the girl, I guess. Yeah, that's a, a sexist to say, guy. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> the Dodgers have been the girl who's like, I can fix them. <laughs> that's that's the trading mantra. Okay, go ahead. Tell us who the Dodgers got beat on because yes. they're really. They're really fun guys. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with Ahmed Rosario, who has three home runs this year, nine stolen bases. He's hitting 269, just over 300 on BP at 309. Uh, now, granted, the guy they give up to the Guardians for him, uh, not exactly a great reclamation project this year either. Uh, Noah Syndergaard goes back with 55 innings of 716 ERA ball. One four five whip with a fifteen percent K rate, so it's not as though they gave up a lot, but they're adding Ahmed Rosario and uh, just just cutting weight with with Syndergaard leaving. I guess. I mean, there's what is there? Do you think Rosario plays every day, or is this strictly just a like defensive replacement type of move? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would, I don't know. I think. It, Rosario, I mean, in my mind, I would play him over Miguel Rojas, but do the Dodgers do that? Because Rojas does have good defense, you know, uh, to give him that at least. Uh, Rojas is super boring. I mean, if you think Ahmad Rosario is boring, (laughs) they seem to get a load of Miguel Rojas. Uh, So for fantasy, I wish 
Rosario would play over Rojas, but does he? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Rojas is really, I mean, Rojas is good for defense, like I said. So I don't know. I, I This was a bizarre move for uh, the Dodgers. I, I mean, the Dodgers made a, a few bizarre moves, which we're going to get to. But I don't, yeah, I don't really know if they, if uh, Ahmad Rosario plays every day. And, you know, in all fairness, he probably hasn't earned the right to play every day because he's been so awful this year. So, yeah, I mean, he gets on base. Like, he doesn't strike out a ton. So, I mean, I guess there's that. In uh, in the NL only league, like, there's so few guys. I mean, I guess we'll, we'll say about that after uh, you've mentioned all the guys who have moved to the Dodgers. Because <laughs> those are, like, the only NL only guys that I was really able to uh, <laughs> bid on this week, which was just awful. I mean, the guys <laughs> the Dodgers went and got. I mean, talk about just, like, absolute, like, pain in the asses. <laughs> if it's not, I mean, it's like, Lance Lynn, at least he didn't, like, hurt Taylor Ward and knock him out for the season, <laughs> like Alec Manoa. So, I guess there's that. <laughs> anyway, talk about the rest of the guys the Dodgers got. <laughs> okay. So, in addition to this, that big move, they traded uh, with Boston and got... Kike Hernandez back, you know, the beloved Kike Hernandez in Dodgerland. And by beloved, I mean the Dodgers love him and nobody else in L.A. <laughs> uh, and then they also, as you mentioned, got Lance Lynn. And then also with Lance Lynn got Joe Kelly from the White Sox. Um, <laughs> That's so true about Kike. That is so funny. <laughs> that is That is really accurate. It's like that guy who you're like, you have like uh, one of your friends has a friend and your friend's friend is like awful. And you're like, what does he see in him? <laughs> That's like the Dodgers with Kike Hernandez. It's like, why do you guys like this guy so much? <laughs> like, what do you, like, I get it. He's like fun in the clubhouse. Like, is that what's going on? <laughs> I'm not it. I don't see it really, but you know, okay. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, not to interrupt. Oh no! I mean, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, they really like six home runs, two twenty. That that's fun in the clubhouse with a, a team that has, uh, you know, World Series aspirations every year, and uh, that's. You know what, though, at least in, at least Kike's fun in the clubhouse, unlike Lance Lynn, who just seems like a tool. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, isn't, like, Chris Taylor supposed to be that guy? Like, Max Muncy's supposed to be that guy? Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman? Like, everybody on their team is supposed to be that guy. Do they really need Kike Hernandez to wrap it all up in a bow? I know. It's like... How fun can one clubhouse be? We get it, guys. You're fun. <laughs> you don't have to be this fun. <laughs> Maybe just win the, the title and then, you know, have fun afterwards. Yeah. That that works too, guys. Yeah. You don't have to add win a, win a, a, win a, uh, win a uh, non-Mickey Mouse title. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, Lance. Lance, uh, Lance Lynn. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Lance, he's had uh, just, uh, oh, Lance Lynn and, and, who, and, oh, and Joe Kelly, Joe who's Kelly. also, I mean, I mean, he's not fantasy, uh, he's not worth it to talk about for fantasy, but he's also a nightmare. <laughs> they have so many nightmares on this team. Like the Dodgers just went out and got like guys who you're like, oh man, 
do I really want him in a tough situation? <laughs> it's like bottom of the ninth. Joe Kelly is not who you're – I mean, not that he would ever be in the bottom of the ninth, but Joe Kelly's just so bad. Um, anyway, I guess we should talk about Lance Lynn. I mean, I – you know, I, I don't trust Lance Lynn really, like, at all uh, this season. I don't think – you know, potentially – he could uh, like his numbers say he should be better. Like I'll give him that. Like his his ERA does seem inflated, like his cholesterol. But uh, his, his, his I mean his <laughs> his ERA does seem like it's a uh, not not in proportion with like his uh, peripherals. Like it, it looks like he should be better. I'll, I'll say that for Lance Lynn. At no point has he been better, though, like other than that, you know, one start. The one start where I benched him all year when he had like 16 Ks. That was like <laughs> the only start I benched him all year. Uh, yeah, I mean, he looks like he should get strikeouts. Now, going back to my uh, my NL only thing, like I, you know, I bid on Lance Lynn, uh, Kike Hernandez, uh, Ahmad Rosario, <laughs> And it was like, and, and a, a few other guys. But anyway, those were the main guys. And uh, oh, and uh, um, uh, what should call what should we call it? The Giants call up who uh, we haven't talked about yet. But anyway, I bid on those guys, and I was like, do I want to win any of these bids? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I, like. I honestly wasn't sure if I really like the so far as of like. You know, Monday at noon Eastern, there hasn't been really a great guy who's gone over to the NL. So, I mean, I I bid on Ahmad Rosario and I won him in my uh, NL only league. And I was like, "Eh, I guess whatever. (laughs) I don't care. It's it's between him and like Alfonso Rivius, uh, the Padres first baseman. So you know it's just a utility spot anyway. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so I guess I guess hopefully Ahmad Rosario does something. But in conclusion, I don't trust any of these guys just because they moved to the Dodgers. Uh, Dodger Stadium is a better park for hitting. Uh, Lance Lynn could get actually absolutely crushed in Dodger Stadium. Uh, like I don't know what the Dodger schedule is like, but I think they go to like Coors. Like Lance Lynn is not in a better division. Like this is really bad for Lance Lynn. It's not going to get better, I don't think, for him. But like I said, his peripherals say he should be better. So I guess there's the potential there. And Ahmad Rosario, like we've been saying. I don't think he's really an everyday guy uh, for the Dodgers. He'll probably platoon in some way. He might get like four starts a week. Like it may not be terrible for NL only, but for mixed leagues, I think it's he's still a wait and see. Yeah, they made a yeah, they made- trade for a bunch of player trades plural for a bunch of players that I'm not sure are worthy of starting for them. And I don't think know if they are going to start for them all the time. I mean, I assume Lance Lynn's going in the rotation. Just, just because, but yeah, I I'd agree with your evaluations in regards to the playing time with Rosario um, and and Hernandez. I, I don't think either of them are worth picking up. I mean, I don't know if Kike Hernandez plays more than like two or three times a week, so that's pretty much what you're looking at there. And then 
I mean, the problem with Lance Lynn this year has been home runs. He's going to what has been the second worst park for home runs over over the last three years. The numbers this year on him are not good, Gray. He's giving up a 40.5% fly ball rate. 20 20.6% of those fly balls are home runs. That's not good, Gray. When you give up no. over 20% on 40% fly balls of home runs, that's uh that's yeah. that's bad. I mean that's like I mean that kind of is back to like, you know, like I was saying his ERA is inflated versus his like xFIP. But I mean that only goes so far because if a guy is giving up that home that many home runs and you know it was kind of an issue for him last year too it shows that guys are making really solid contact and it's like that doesn't just fix itself just because his ERA quote unquote is supposed to be better you know so yeah i think Lance Lynn is cooked <laughs> yeah yeah i think so as well and when you're, I mean, when you're looking at, especially XFIP, it's one that's always been a little bit of a risky one to me because it basically neutralizes home runs, and that's that's a risky thing when you're talking about a home run prone guy because then you're like, oh well, if you didn't give up home runs, he'd be a four year a pitcher, and it's like, yeah. well, that's that's easy <laughs> right. to say until yeah, yeah. until that stops. Yeah. That's not really right. gonna happen though. No, um, totally. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Yeah, it's 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 difficult to say, like, a guy who gives up home runs should just not give up home runs. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm sure he would stop giving up home runs if he could. I mean, that's the problem. Exactly. All right, so the Marlins traded and got David Robertson. The Mets got Ronald Hernandez and Marco Vargas out of the deal. David Robertson, do you think he steps in immediately as the closer there? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, A.J. Puck has been just kind of miserable, and uh, I think Robertson's now the closer in Miami. And uh, I would say Altavino and uh, Brooks Raley are probably co-closers in New York uh, for the Mets. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I will say I thought uh, I thought Tanner Scott had finally earned his spot to get his chance at saves, but the he got injured, so that kind of like the the one time he would have gotten a shot to get his run as closer, he gets injured. Has he's out with a calf strain right now? Um, it's kind of the Joe Dell situation in L.A. Like just they finally had a chance to do it, and then here we are. And the one other time Scott had a chance at the job, he just absolutely was awful. So who knows how that would have turned out if, if they would have got it. Yes. Grab David Robertson, but he's, you know, he's moving nationally, national league. So he's probably owned in, in pretty much every league already. Uh, the twins are getting Dylan Floro while the Marlins are getting Jorge Lopez. Are you doing anything with this at all? Gray? Uh, that, that seems like a, uh, Hey, this guy is, uh, not working for us. You want to try him? And then the other team's like, this guy doesn't work for us. You want to try him? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, let's just, sw- let's just swap headaches. Yeah, I don't know. It was just a, it was just a bizarre move, but I don't think it's really relevant for, uh, for our, uh, for most fantasy leagues, unless you're in a holds league and you Sorry, Gray. I lost you there for a second. You were I lost you when you were talking about the holds league. 
Oh, I was just saying that, uh, you you know, if you're in a holds league, maybe you look at those guys, but you can probably do better in a holds league than those two guys. Yeah, neither has been uh, been good. So I, I would expect this was just a swap to see who can fix who. And I, other than that, I can't really see what, what was going on here. Uh, Carlos Santana goes to the Brewers. Johnny Sev- Severian? Severian? I'm not sure. To the Pirates. Anyways, Carlos Santana steps in. I assume he's going to step in and play first base for them pretty much on a daily basis. Uh, yeah. I, w- I mean, I would guess so. I think, uh, you know, Rowdy Telez maybe comes back and steals some of bats. Maybe. But, uh, yeah, Carlos Santana's been fine, too. For, like, he's probably better for a deeper league. You know, but he has been hot, so I could see grab him in a uh, a shallower mixed league while he's hitting well. But in reality, he's probably more of a 15-team mixed league guy or deeper. But, yeah, I mean, you know what you're getting from Carlos Santana. I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe Brewers, like, helps him a little bit because, you know, PNC is not a great park and um, American family values or whatever the Milwaukee Park's name is, uh, the park formerly known as, Will, as Miller. Uh, I think, you know, Carlos Santana goes a little bit better park in Milwaukee, so that could help him a little bit in theory, but the park change is not going to help him enough to make him relevant in a shallower league if he's not hitting. Though, right now, as I said, he is hitting. Yeah, he's gone through just absolutely hot and cold streaks this season. If you've kind of like been riding the corner infielder utility spot, you know, free agency wire and say like a deeper 12 team league. He's been like on and off that wire all the time because he gets, he gets just ice cold. And then all of a sudden he just starts hitting again. It's been, it's been a really weird season for Carlos Santana, but as you mentioned, he's going to a better park, you know, better lineup. You got to think he's, he's going to be playing most days. So Fine if you want to kind of continue to ride when he's playing well, which, as you mentioned, he is right now. I will say the only kind of change I guess maybe this makes is at towards the bottom of, of their lineup, which is like the the Andrew Monasterios, Bryce Terang, Abraham Toros. Like they're probably going to lose some playing time once everybody's healthy, once Tellez is back, once Brian Anderson comes back, um, but. I don't think that those are really generally relevant guys for us. Maybe you're you're streaming them. I know uh, Monasterio has had a, a couple of decent uh, weeks here, so maybe you're streaming them. But that's about the only other change I can see here. Let's move over on to some call ups. There were a few this week. Uh, Marco Luciano was called up by the Giants. I feel like this is probably one of the last remaining. Fairly big, although it would have been a lot bigger a few years ago. He's lost a little bit of prospect hype, even at 21. That's just kind of weird how the, how the prospect game works that way, but that's how it happens. Uh, that being said, this year in AAA, and he was only there for six, or sorry, it's for six games. He had 293 with two home runs. In 56 games in AA, he had 11 home runs, six stolen bases, and hit 228. Strikes the, strikeouts have been the issue here, though. Yeah, I mean, it's such a bizarre call-up, really. I almost feel like like I wouldn't be shocked if we're here next week and we uh, 
we find out that he was moved for uh, like if, if between now when we're, we're when we're recording this and tomorrow's actual trade deadline, I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants move him for another piece like and they just called him up to sort of showcase him. Maybe I don't know because he feels like he's overwhelmed, like he doesn't feel ready at all. Like it just seems like a bizarre call up. He's got power, but he's like he's not able to hit above like double a yet. <laughs> it's a pretty big problem. It's hard to go from like double a to the majors when you couldn't hit in double a, like he had real contact issues in double a. So yeah, I don't know, man. I, it was a bizarre call up. I think outside of like NL only, I don't think he's really worth looking at yet unless, you know, he's able to make better contact, but he looks lost in the ma- he looks as lost in the majors as you would have imagined a guy who had a thirty percent strikeout rate in Double A. Yeah, and you know Double A is that that big jump. It you know you kind of high A rookie ball like all that's all that's fine. But Double A is the first time you start seeing real major league pitching. The walk rate remains, so you got to think he's at least seeing the ball, but seeing the ball and hitting the ball when it starts to to move a little bit more aggressively is is two different things. So I'm with you. It felt a little bit premature in, in regards to a call-up. Even his move to AAA seemed maybe a little bit hurried. Maybe they just call him up because he's hitting 290 in you know, a week, and they're just like, let's just see if he can continue to stay hot. That's pretty much what I was thinking and adding him. I grabbed him in a couple of 15-teamers just to see if he comes up and, and just continues to hit despite the strikeout rate, but more than likely you're going to see some some struggles here early on from him. And I, as you mentioned, it wouldn't be surprised to see him sent down. I don't know if they, they move him or not. I feel like the Giants are in this weird spot with like everybody in their lineup is already like 35 years old. So you trade him away, you're really, you're really thinning out even what was already a pretty thin minor league system. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Chris Bryant goes to the IL. Alaris Montero is is recalled by Colorado. Are you interested in Montero as you know more than an NL only play? Uh, I mean, potentially if he gets hot, then or if like the Rockies have a home stand, I could see potentially looking at him in uh, mixed leagues, and also uh, Michael Talagia. Uh, I'm probably saying it wrong, but. Um, you know, with CJ Crone getting moved, like Montero and Talagia are uh, sounds like a delicious pasta. Mm, Talagia, <laughs> hey, I, I think there could be something for both of them there. If uh, in like a mixed league, maybe a deeper mixed league, like a fifteen-team mixed league, but I could see something there for both of them if the Rockies are at home and you're looking to stream a bat. Like I, I don't mind them. You know, potentially in Colorado, I wouldn't start either of them on the road except for in an NL only league. Like in a mixed league, I wouldn't start those guys on the road unless they get hot. And, you know, then, you know, you could start anyone if they're hot. Yeah, I I think I prioritize Montero over Tolia. Uh, If I'm if I'm just looking at it, it seems like Montero is just a little bit more equipped at this point to, to handle it. I think they're about equal on the power. Just, I think the bat's a little bit more advanced on Montero right now. So that, that's where I would lean, but 
I think you're you're kind of just picking them up and speculating at this point. Like I said, playing the at Colorado matchups until otherwise advised. Oscar Gonzalez was recalled. Holy by- crap! I just re- I just realized that their birthdays are one day apart, the same year. Talaji and Montero, and they bat right next to each other in the lineup. That is so bizarre. <laughs> that is pretty the- random. It is like they're August sixteenth and August seventeenth. They're uh, they're both about to turn twenty five in a in a couple weeks. Wow, that's so weird. Okay, anyways, <laughs> what, what am I? I just became Jason Stark for a second. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for that little uh, tidbit there, Gray. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez is called up this year in AAA. He's hitting two seventy five, three sixteen, four seventy three. He has eleven home runs, two stolen bases. He had, he had picked it up quite a bit recently in the minors. He started out a little slow and then has really kicked it into gear. This is a guy that plenty of people liked as a you know a breakout player this year, uh, myself included to some extent. I don't think I was fully on board the train, but I, I definitely had shares of him where I thought he was a value. He was hitting two, 300 with eight home runs and two stolen bases since June in the minors. Is Are you looking at Oscar Gonzalez as a potential you know, outfielder four or five for you, or is this a bench I play? Just, I was just looking at uh, the Guardians IL. <laughs> Their IL is Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Noah Syndergaard, and Cal Quantrell. Man, they got like a they got a whole rota- whole rotation on the IL, huh? That's interesting because I was the reason why I was looking at that. I was looking to see why Oscar Gonzalez got called up and. Like who he's replacing? Is he replacing David Fry? I like. How did a spot open? I, or did Miles Straw just finally wear out his welcome? Is that what happened? I I'm not sure. Um, to be totally honest, I don't know why Gonzalez has a job now. I guess is what I was getting at. But he does. He does have a job, so that's good. Uh, I. You know, I look at Gonzalez as kind of like a poor man's uh, Josh Naylor. Like, he looks like he has good contact. He should hit for a decent average. And he could hit for a little bit of power, but not a ton of power. So less power than Naylor. Probably a tad bit less average than Naylor. Neither of them have speed. You know, uh, kind of irrelevant. But, I mean, that's that's just a deal, I think. Oscar Gonzalez, it looks like he has an everyday job. Uh, and he's probably worth it in like a 15 team mixed league or deeper i would wait i would hold off for now in like a 12 team mixed league yeah i think that's about the right area that you're looking at maybe in a deeper 12 team league you're looking at oscar gonzalez as kind of a bench or like a a speculative ad and see if he sticks if he can kind of regain i know he got really hot at one point last year so if he's just kind of in that streak again, maybe you can get some use out of him. And yeah, I think both David Fry and Miles Straw kind of kind of wore out their starters job here. So at least for a little while, it seems as though the Guardians are going to let Oscar Gonzalez start at least regularly for now. Um, AJ Smith Shaver, your boy, was recalled by the Braves. Soroka was sent down last <laughs> week. We have Max Fried who's re- rehabbing. He's been down for a while. Kyle Wright is throwing bullpen sessions. He's also been down for a while. Are you are you buying into Smith Shaver again? Uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. I I mean, 
I guess for a uh, a stream, like yeah, I mean in a shallow league, just about anyone is streamable, and uh, I think you know maybe in a deep in a deeper league where everyone's rostered, then you know then sure, but. If I, you know, if I had my choice, I wouldn't go out and like look to grab him in a shallower league just because he's up. I would probably, you know, I, I would, I would be interested in seeing what the matchup was. I guess, like, I'm not gonna totally just like kick him to the curb, but uh, I'm not super excited in most mixed leagues for him. Yeah, and the way that they used him was pretty much five innings, maybe five and a third, and then they were. They're pulling him out. So when he's going not deep in the games and generally giving up three three earned, like that was kind of his line was like five and some change and three earned. You kind of need some strikeouts to come with that to be fantasy relevant. And he, he really isn't bringing the strikeouts along with that. So it, we're really talking about you know a borderline streamer in most leagues. I would I would agree with that. Um, on the on the IL front, I apologize real quick for picking Alex Kirilov. Again, uh, that's my bad. I dropped him back out there, picked him back up. Then he went on the aisle with a right shoulder strain. So I apologize for that for everybody that was enjoying his his comeback as the uh, as the second half strong. I would actually. I, I feel like it's it's a uh, it's worth writing a little a written apology versus the uh, verbal. I, I I I appreciate the verbal apology, but I would like a written one as well. Okay. Right. I will. Uh, I will. I'll put that in the in the news or in the in the notes for our podcast. The <laughs> a written apology to everybody for picking Alex Kirloff back up. Uh, I will just. I'll just ignore him for the rest of his career. He will go on to be a Hall of Famer. It will be amazing for him and awful for me myself. <laughs> it's the sacrifices we make. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move over to the bullpens. We already talked about a couple in, in the you know changes in Toronto and Miami. Uh, over in White Sox, where they obviously moved from Kendall Graveman and, and Reynaldo Lopez, who do you think is taking over there, Gray? Uh, well, it looks like uh, I would guess it's Santos's job. Um, I would I would assume him. Maybe Bummer sees a a, a look or two. Uh, Middleton potentially. I don't know. I mean, if I'm the White Sox, I would actually trade all those. If anyone wanted those guys. If I could get prospects for him, like between now and the deadline, I would trade any of them. So we'll see what happens. But as of right this second, I would probably go. I would grab Santos and forget the rest. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, Kimbrell was brought in during the eighth. He then got a save the following day. So I don't think there's anything to note here other than Kimbrell might be used more in a fireman's role here towards the end of the season. So there's there's potential there that. Somebody else gets saves, but I don't know. I don't know. Do you feel comfortable in, in taking a shot on anybody else in Philly's bullpen? Uh, I think Soto has actually been okay mm-hmm. recently. So I, in one league, in an NL only league, I grabbed Soto. But, you know, that was just a, you know, it's a deep league. So it doesn't really mean that much for, for most listeners. But, yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd say it's probably... You know, as of right this second, uh, depending on if the Phillies make any moves, uh, but I would say it's Kimbrel's job at like 90% his job and then maybe a committee for the other 10% with Soto potentially at the top of that committee. Yeah, that sounds about right. 
Uh, moving over to Arizona, Scott McHugh, who was actually having a pretty solid season, has struggled over, say, the last month or so since the end of June. He has a 12.19 ERA gray. He is, uh, he's been very bad there. It seems like they're finally going to go ahead and give him a break from the closer role. Are you interested in anybody there to potentially grab as, as his replacement? Uh, yeah, I, I guess Kevin uh, Genkel. Uh, Einhorn Ginkle, Einhorn Ginkle, Ginkle <laughs> Einhorn. I would say uh, Kevin Ginkle uh, as of right this second. Uh, if I'm the Diamondbacks, though, I would, I would trade for a closer. <laughs> I would see if I don't know. I mean, I don't know who's available, but if Paul Sewold is available from the Marlins, I would see if I can get him. Uh, if I'm the Diamondbacks, but yeah, as of right this second, I guess Ginkle. Yeah, don't want to go chafing any waterfalls, Gray. <laughs> no. All right. Let's go ahead and finish up with some, some waiver wire people and uh, we'll get out of here. Uh, okay. Um, so uh, Ozuna has been crazy hot. He should be actually rostered in all leagues, but according to our seven day player raider, he is available in a few leagues. So Marcelo Ozuna, uh, Brand- Brandon Lau has been also crazy hot. He should also probably be rostered in every league. Uh, Randall Grichek, who moves, as we mentioned earlier, moves to the Angels, and he's been, he's a top five bat on our seven day player raider as of right now. Carlos Santana, who also moved, is a top five bat. Um, Gary Sanchez had a big Sunday. And I believe he goes to Coors this week, so that's interesting. Uh, Matt Walner, who maybe we'll talk about more in depth next week if he stays hot. Um, Twins guy who has big-time power, and he's been hot. Uh, Louis Rengifo, uh, Angels um, Angels middle infielder, who's actually been hitting leadoff uh, recently. He's been really hot. And then uh, Chaz McCormick and... Jake Berger, a few more names. Nice. On the pitching side, uh, Michael Lorenzen has been really good, and he's he gets Tampa Bay at home. And while Tampa Bay seemed real scary for a while, they haven't been quite the same in the second half. They're actually second to last in runs scored so far this second half, so not as scary a matchup as it, it seemed like. Uh, Steven Matz has also been really good since he got back in the rotation, and he gets Colorado at home this week. Brady Singer has had a couple of blow-ups, but outside of that has been really solid. He goes versus the Mets. Ryan Yarbrough has been great since returning. He goes at Philadelphia. J.P. France is doing his J.P. France thing versus Cleveland. Uh, Matt Manning has had a couple of rough outings, but he's at Pittsburgh. Not a matchup you're necessarily scared of and not a park you're scared of. Uh, Your boy, Johan Oviedo, who has been actually hit hard a few times. Um, but he's versus Detroit if you're looking on the deeper end here. And Ross Stripling at Oakland. Uh, you know, Stripling's been pretty fine since returning the rotation as well. And at Oakland is not scaring anybody. So there's a few matchups that you can look for. As always, if you have specific questions, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at RazBeatOn. Gray is the owner of the at RazBall account. Find us in the comments on RazBall.com or on YouTube.com slash RazBallFantasy. Happy Raz Bowl Day, Gray. We, we are draft. We drafts are under the way. I have my first pick already today, uh, and so the football season is starting. If you have questions on that, I'm also doing the podcast for that side, uh, along with some other 
people who are doing some other uh, podcasts for football for us as well. So there is all sorts of content coming out all over the place. Until next are week, you, nope. Will you be podcasting with uh, the chair that we received from Yahoo? I, I am because, uh, you know, <laughs> you traded Donkey Teeth away. And so I now have to come up with a good name for the chair so that, that I can introduce said chair as well when I'm introducing the podcast. Um, but with, with chair, I actually expect our podcast to be, be somewhere under like an hour and 10 minutes, which would be a nice change. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you. All right. See you, guys. Thanks.